Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the summer heat wave. We are making our journey to the north, to the AFC North where we are going to check in on the Steel City. That's right. We have the Steelers, a team that's close to my heart. The North remembers. Why is I'm it big close Mac- to your heart? Because I'm a big Mac Miller fan. He's from Pittsburgh. So, oh, like, okay. Pittsburgh. I-, I love that city, even though I've never really I was, been. I, was I-, I just love it because Mac Miller's from there. But anyway, this is the summer heat wave. 32 teams in 32 days. Every single fantasy-relevant player that you know and love we are going to be talking about previewing the 2020 season. Don't forget, we do this twice a week during the season. We give you a preview of every single fantasy viable player going into the week. Sit starts, who you should play, who you should not play, who you should trade for, who you should trade. All that good stuff, all that fantasy goodness uh, at brotofantasy.com, Broto Fantasy Football Podcast. And if you want some extras, if you want to play in a listener's league, if you want uh, – Discord access if you want an extra waiver wire episode during the year and tons, tons more extra. Check out our um, p- uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantasy. So let's start with first introducing Michael and Jason because I haven't done that. I'm Tim Petrop. my brother, Michael and Jason. Hello. As NASCAR continues outside the windows of the Twins, I swear we, we set this up and there's no car sounds at all. And then we press record and then car sounds just start going. Outside, even though it's supposed to be soundproof. It's the way life works sometimes. This is also a good time to remind the people that we are um, rocking quarantine haircuts right now. So don't judge us. (laughs) It actually doesn't look nearly as bad as it would if I didn't have these headphones on. It like suppresses the hair. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. That's a good thing about being bald. All your haircuts get done at home. Um, Let's start with the offensive outlook. Mike Tomlin and Randy Fitchner are back at it again. Um, Hey, Fitchner, Shay. I contend, and I know that most people will probably contend this too, that we just take 2019, we ball it up, and we throw it out the fucking window because it doesn't matter. Big Ben was injured. Um, in fact, Randy Fitchner was quoted in an interview as saying, like, everything's back to normal now that Big Ben is back in town, which is, you know, correct, but that's kind of foul to the other quarterbacks. So, you know, it wasn't normal can you, when can they you blame were in town. Can you blame him? So I'm doing I'm doing everything that we saw last year out the window. I'm going to uh, not all the way, but you know what I mean? I'm going to be going by what I saw in 2018 in terms of the offensive outlook and let's start with the quarterback that we last saw in the beginning of 2019 and for 2018 for a whole season. That's Ben Roethlisberger. Missed almost the entire season with an injured right elbow. When he's in, he's a no doubt Hall of Famer. Um now, I don't think that Big Ben should be your starter going into the season. Um, I think that it's too high of a risk. So I don't really want to talk about Big Ben in terms of Big Ben, unless you guys think that he's a viable fantasy starter. He's probably a streaming option. Um, I want to talk about how this bodes well for everything else. We know that Big Ben in his career has carried multiple wide receivers uh, to wide receiver one and two uh, outputs. He's carried multiple running backs to that as well. So we know that when Big Ben is in, the Steelers are a force to be reckoned with in terms of their ability to be fantasy relevant. So with that being said, Ben Roethlisberger, how do you guys feel about him this year? Big Ben is currently going at QB 15, according to Fantasy Pros, and I think that that makes sense. It takes into account the upside and downside that you 
can see with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he was QB2 overall in 2018, QB2 in points per game. 2017, QB9 in points per game, 10th in 2016, and so on. When QB when healthy, Big Ben's a QB1, history says. But the problem with Big Ben is the fact that he's 38 years old now and is coming off a season where he missed the entire year with injury. And we all saw the picture of Big Ben looking like he was like some mountain man. He was turning who, into the Santa Claus. Yeah, he looked like he lived in the mountains with like elks and things and just never saw any human ever. So, Elvis? Elks. Elks. Living with Elks. Oh, they said the Elvis. Snow. I'm like, do you know something about Elvis that I don't know? Like, are you trying to tell us something? And the other hey, thing baby. with his... <laughs> in 2018... Thank you, Mr. Elvis. Thank you, Mr. Elvis. <laughs> Shout out the office. <laughs> in 2018, when Big Ben was the QB2, this dude averaged 44 and a half pass attempts per game. That's not happening again. He threw 34 touchdowns. He threw 16 interceptions. Over 30 interceptable passes, which was by far the most in the league. He threw for 5,129 yards. In 2017, he threw for 4,200 yards. The two years prior, he threw less than 4,000. Like 2018 at 36 years old just kind of came out of nowhere where he was just this massive throwing machine. It was never that big of a of a passing offense. He has a lot of weapons, right? He has Juju, Deontay, James Washington. Uh, they drafted Chase Claypool. They signed Eric Ebron. They still have James Conner. So I think, I think the ADP is about baked into taking into account the upside and downside of Big Ben. So I'm okay with drafting him where he's at. I don't know how I'd feel about going into the season if Big Ben's my only quarterback. No, nah, I know how I'd feel. I'd feel terrible about that. That's not, <laughs> that's not the way to go. And there is, there's a correlation, right? In 2018, Le'Veon Bell held out. So without Le'Veon Bell, the pass attempts went up and makes sense. Um, let's go to the wide receivers. In 2019, eight different wide receivers caught at least one regular season pass for the Steelers, James Washington, Deontay Johnson, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deion Kane, Tevin Jones, Ryan Switzer, Donnie, Johnny Holton, and remember this name, Dante Moncrief. Remember that guy? Um, wow, he those had a lot, guys of, come, uh, wow. a lot of appeal earlier last offseason. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, combined, those guys went 2,166 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. Yeah. Ugh. In 2018... Juju by himself, who had 1,426 yards and seven touchdowns, and Antonio Brown, who had 1,297 yards and 15 touchdowns, combined for 2,733 yards and 22 touchdowns by themselves, just them two. So that shows you not only the difference between what Antonio Brown could do for an offense, who, by the way, suspended eight games this year, but I think will probably get on a team. So look out for him. Um, nah. And the power of Big Ben. So let's start with one of those guys that was in that combination, Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, he last year kind of continued the trend of being one of the best players in the league against a zone. He is one of the top receivers against a zone, but he has trouble beating man coverage. I think that's why having been be big, be bleh, big Ben, Big Ben, say that 10 times fast, <laughs> Big Ben helps so much. Because more opportunities around him means more space for Juju to operate. And Juju is also one of the true throw value darlings and true target value darlings of the season this year. Jason, uh, what do you got about Juju and his true target value and how that might lend us into what he might do this year? Yeah, I mean, if there was ever an example to show how true values can be useful, it's right now. Like, just comparing Big Ben to Duck Hodges. Um, yeah. Last season, Juju was wide receiver 62 in true target value. I mean, I mean, he finished the season as wide receiver 62. His true target value was 
61. So, in actuality, he performed as he was expected, according to the targets he saw from Duck Hodges and company. So, people talk about how Juju had a down season last year. Well, he saw five targets a game, and he was getting passes from a guy who can't throw, and he did what he had to do with them. It's just It just wasn't a good scenario. If you look at what um, Big Ben did in 2018, he was 11th in true throw value. So, all the numbers Michael said, Big Ben was still 11th. So, yeah. we could see a small drop this season, but the change is still going to be significant. Because if we see, if we were to give Juju eight targets a game from Big Ben, using Big Ben's true throw value from 2018, he would have been wide receiver 11 last year. Make that 10 targets a game, which he saw in 2018 from Big Ben, he would have been wide receiver 3. So, if we say he gets eight to 10 targets a game, let's say Big Ben drops down a little bit. Let's say his true throw value goes from 11th to around... 15 to 20th, which really isn't that big of a difference. Once you get past the top guys, true throw value, you'll see some guys up top who are very efficient. Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill, Patrick Mahomes. On the bottom, you'll see the Josh Rosens and Josh Allen. Josh, Al- Josh Allen was kind of decent <laughs> last year. And then Duck in the Allen. middle, there's a Duck. lot of similar quarterbacks Hodges. there. So a little drop from Big Ben. Juju should still be a top 15 wide receiver as long as he's seeing 8 to 10 targets a game. And why wouldn't he? Yeah. I, I I agree. Juju is someone that I, I like. You see his his ADP rising as the offseason goes as well. And let's um, let's beyond- not forget people forget what Juju did his first two seasons in the league, right? Like he was setting records for what he was putting together at the age that he was doing it at. So Juju was on a pace like a Hall of Fame pace prior to last season. Uh let's go over to another guy that a lot of people like this year, and that's Deontay Johnson. He showed ability to have big games last year, and historically, the Steelers are very good at determining who has good wide receiver talent, and Big Ben is very good at making those wide receivers into number one receivers. So now, he's going to be the number one receiver on the outside with Big Ben, and a guy I talk about a lot is Matt Harmon. A lot of respect for Matt Harmon, not only in the fantasy world, but he lost like 100 pounds. Uh, Shout out to him for doing that. Um, But he has something called reception perception, where he goes over every single route that a receiver runs, and he gives a report. And according to Matt Harmon's reception perception, Deontay Johnson's route-running skills and ability to beat man is off the charts. He's in 88th percentile against man coverage, 81st percentile in beating press coverage. He's above average in every route except digs and outs. Right now, he's going at wide receiver 44, the 112th player off the board overall. With Big Ben... He has a chance to break out and be one of those steals at ADP right now. How do you guys like Deontay Johnson? I agree with you. I think I had his ADP as 45, so we're right on the same page there. Um, some sites are a little different, but 44, 45. He's being drafted as a wide receiver four slash flex, and the upside is there. Some people are low on Deontay Johnson because James Washington's around. But look, James Washington was drafted in the second round in 2018. The Steelers saw him for a year, still decided they need another weapon on the outside drafting a third-round receiver in 2019. And then they took Chase Claypool this year. And Claypool is a big receiver, someone who's going to play on the outside. That's where James Washington plays. We talk about how the Steelers are good at drafting wide receivers. What they're really good at drafting is people who can run their routes like no one else. That's what made Antonio Brown who he is. Juju is a great route runner. And Deontay Johnson had a lot of hate coming into the season last year. And now this guy is one of the best route runners in the league, according to Reception Perception. 
So James Washington is going to be an outside guy, but he's not that route runner that Big Ben likes throwing to. He might catch a few deep passes, and then Chase Claypool is probably going to be a big weapon on the outside in the in the red zone, but he's still a rookie. So that's going to be a slow learning curve. I think Deontay Johnson's the clear number two on this team just because he's such a great route runner and he could run any route Big Ben wants. And you want the number two from Big Ben. And when you say number two, like the number two option in the passing game, but you could see him lining out as like the number like the number one wide receiver that has like the number one corner on him. Oh, yeah. I mean, because Juju's probably going to yeah. see some work in the yeah. slot as well. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, as as we know, Juju does his best work yeah. out of that slot. Um, James Washington, Ryan Switzer, you, you're I mean, you're not gonna take a chance on these guys. But going back to Deontay Johnson, he's exactly the type of guy that I love drafting in like the tenth round or the eleventh round because people sleep on him, and I love drafting in the in in those rounds guys with massive upside or guys with a definite floor. So. Like, my 10th round pick is either going to be James White or Deontay Johnson. Someone who has massive potential and upside. Please let or it be someone Deontay who I know Johnson. is getting Deontay. 10 points. I know you guys don't like 10 points a game, but I could ride 10 points a game out I, of my flex to the chance. Now's a good game. time to say I, I agree with you, Tim, about the upside. I, I don't know about the floor. Like, I'm not going to take D James White there. Like, for instance, what I like to do, like, in the Raz Bowl, for instance, I'm currently drafting that right now. I filled out my starting lineup. And my first pick after that was Jalen Rager because maybe this guy's J.J. Arcega-Whiteside again this year and I'm just going to end up dropping him in like week three. Or he's the Eagles number one and I got him in the 10th round for free. Like at that point in the draft in like the 10th, 11th round, you got to take the guys a massive. Like people around me are choosing like Boston Scott and Chase Edmonds. Like there's just so much more upside with Jalen Rager. It's ridiculous. Uh Speaking of upside, let's go to a running back, James Conner. Now, another injury plague season for James Conner. He is a cancer survivor, so there was concern that he was going to opt out of the season. He announced that he will be playing this season, so you don't have to worry about that at least. Only played seven healthy games last season. His last fully healthy game, though, he went for 145 yards on the ground and a touchdown and added three catches to that. The production is there when he's healthy. The usage is there when he's healthy. His ADP has risen to running back 20. Uh, it was much lower before, but it's it's rising, it's rising every day. I think people are realizing, hey, this is someone that's going to have opportunity. But this is a guy who has top five potential. Can he get into the top five? Yes. Will he most likely? No. But the potential is there to get there. Are you willing to take a crack at Connor in the late round, uh, late third round, early, early fourth round for that upside? You mentioned, you mentioned your draft. I'm with draft with Giants. And... They have a, a little weird, wonky uh, quarterback scoring system where the quarterback is more is more valuable. So I drafted Patrick Mahomes in the second round, and I'm hoping a guy like James Conner comes to me in the late third round. I have the 11th pick in the late third round because I spent that on a quarterback in a league that doesn't have usual quarterback settings because this is the type of guy that if he gets the shot, then he's going to be a great running back with great upside. How do you guys feel about James Conner this year? Look, after last season's debacle in the fantasy industry where people really thought James Conner was going to lose his job to Benny Snell or Jalen Samuels, I think they finally figured out that it's Jaylen, uh, excuse me, James Conner's job in that backfield, and he's getting even more disrespect than he did last offseason. In 2018, under Big Ben, this guy saw 16 carries and four receptions a game. That's 20, reception, that's 20 touches a game. With Big Ben at QB, he was he was a top 12 running back. Last season with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, 
11 carries and four receptions, uh, excuse me, and three receptions per game. One, that's still 14 touches a game. And two, that's going to go up with Big Ben under center now. Last season, James Conner, the only thing, the only negative here with James Conner is his health concerns, right? He played 13 games and then 10 games. So it's not like he's missing half the season. Well, last season, he's also almost. an RB1 in those games. He's also an RB1 when he plays. Last season, excuse me, in 2018, he was the RB6 in points per game. Last season, he was the RB16 in points per game with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges at quarterback. The RB16. You know what his current ADP is? RB20. He was the RB16 in points per game with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, and he's going lower than that with Big Ben now back at the helm for Pittsburgh. It makes no sense that James Conner is going so low except for the fact that he gets hurt often. If I, I, I've been on the record saying this. If you knew he was going to play 16 games, he'd be a first-round pick. That's the appeal with James Conner. That's just what you have to do. If you are drafting James Conner, you better be drafting multiple running backs that could be started for you per week because you cannot draft, like, say, Kenyon Drake and then James Conner and then wait till around 11 to get running backs again because you do have to take into account the fact that James Conner might get hurt. But at his ADP... I think all the downside is baked into it already, so you should absolutely take him where he's going. Anthony McFarlane, drafted out of Maryland, fourth round. He's a speed back, kind of like, uh, kind of like the antithesis of Connor. But I think that instead of worrying about Anthony McFarlane taking the job, which I don't think anyone is, I think the drafting of Anthony McFarlane shows that they don't have confidence in guys like Benny Snell and guys like Jalen Samuel, who isn't a, a running back uh, by trade, and Benny Snell, who's just strictly a power back. They want insurance in case James Conner goes down. I'll be talking more about Anthony McFarlane later, but let's get to the tight ends. Eric Ebron. I've been waiting to talk about Eric Ebron for for nine episodes now, and I know the Twins are making faces over there, so I'm going to ignore them, and I'm just going to go on an Eric Ebron rant. He is a touchdown machine. 20 touchdowns in the last three seasons. He is a wide receiver in a tight end's body and flat out gets open. Last season, he was number two in hog rate, for tight ends. Number three in separation from defenders from all tight ends. Last season, he was 32nd in the league in quarterback rating on throws his way, 32nd on target accuracy, 24th in catchable balls. Jacoby Brissett is not good. We've been saying this for a long time. Last time he had a good quarterback was Andrew Luck, and he led the league in touchdowns for the tight end. He was number two in contested catch rate. The Steelers signed him for a two-year, $12 million contract. That is starter money for a tight end. The Steelers do not have a true red zone target. You talked about Chase Claypool maybe being that guy, but he is a rookie. He is an absolute steal going at tight end 20 right now. I'm trying to draft him, not maybe, maybe not as my starting tight end, but as my backup tight end or have part of him on every team that I have Jeez in Louise. the league this year. I want me some Eric Ebron, and I am the tight end whisperer. I called Mark Andrews last year, and I'm calling Eric Ebron this year. That's all I got to say about that. I don't care what you guys have to say about it. I'm going to let you talk, I but don't I don't agree. Because we just talked about how great of a route runner Juju and Deontay are. Those are going to be the two top guys. And then and who's going to catch the ball in the end zone? You know who's the third guy? James Conner. Let's not forget how much Big Ben loves throwing to the wider to the running back. It's a so and who's gonna, tight end? Who's going to catch in the red draft. zone? They just took Chase Claypool, a big ass outside wide receiver, and you know who else they have? Vance Refrigeration. I'm not convinced that Eric Ebron's no. going to be the main tight end in that offense. No, you you should be because they they ran with two two tight ends 
all the time. Uh, when back in back when the Heath Miller Jesse James days, they always have two tight ends that are good. Vance McDonald had has his has had his shot. He failed, and I don't care if my tight end is the fourth option on the team. The only tight ends you're getting as the number one option on the team is one of the big four, and Zach Ertz is is questionable. So unless you're ha- unless your name is Kelsey Kittle or Andrews, you're not getting a guy who's the number one option on that team. So I'm okay with having a number four option because all the rest of the tight ends are number four options on our teams. And Big Ben but loves going to the tight end. Chase but Claypool. Eric Ebron has been so reliant on touchdowns his entire career. You, you need to bank on him getting double-digit touchdowns and if you want him to pay no, off. No, you don't. And Claypool yes, do. is more of like a wide receiver, tight end, hybrid type guy. That's like, true he could too. line up there as well uh, in line next to the guards. Honestly, I'm just not interested in Ebron. I understand where you're coming from with... The whole this guy scored touchdowns. He had he had one really good season with Andrew Luck when he was like the only real touchdown threat. Like that's that's who Eric Ebron is. I'm not very interested in Eric Ebron. You could have him oh. in all the leagues we're in together. No problem. I'll take him. Um, and please start injury, him against me. <laughs> let's get to the one injury away. Um, Anthony McFarlane is my guy. As I said. Speed back, a little different than James Conner, but I feel like he's gonna the, the one that's going to get the call if James Conner goes down, and James Conner is a high injury risk. So I do believe that um, it's Anthony McFarlane that uh, that ends up coming out of that. What do you yeah. guys think? McFarland is big and strong, and we saw the Jalen Samuels experiment last season, this running back tight end hybrid. I guess they just like taking tight end hybrid type players, but what are the odds that didn't really work out? I mean, the dude just isn't a good running back. Like He's a good pass catcher, but... Congrats. Like, you need a running back on that team, too. And Benny Snell is just the worst. Benny Snell's not good. No offense to Benny Snell. He's in the NFL. Good for him. But he's just not a very good player. So I think it's going to be Anthony McFarland as well. So I'm on the McFarland McFarland averaged like nine yards per carry in college. So if Connor goes down, that's the guy I want. To spice things up a little, since I just said that I'm not convinced Ebron and Vance Refrigeration, Vance McDonald, for those who don't listen to us uh, normally, (laughs) that's what we call him. Um, I'm not convinced that they're not going to cannibalize each other. So that's my guy. If one of them gets injured. Fair enough. All right. Um, Jason, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Jason. Uh, Michael, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. And you can find me at BrotoFF Tim on all social media platforms. Actually not. You can only find me on there on Twitter. I don't know why I said that. BrotoFantasy.com. You can find us on all social media platforms at BrotoFantasy or BrotoFantasy in general. And uh, yeah, Patreon.com to join our listener leagues. Until next time, uh, we are going to be coming at you. Who's next? With the Bengals. The the cats. The Bengals. So uh, yeah, until tomorrow, have a great day, guys, and we'll see you then. Peace. Later. Later.